Welcome to Hope and Heresy, Life on the Religious Left, where we wrestle with contemporary issues using history and theology as our guides. Our task is to reclaim religion for everyday people who want to live meaningfully without letting arbitrary doctrine or oppressive religious practice prevent us from asking big questions about our complicated world. I'm Rev. Sarah Lindsay. And I'm Rev. Peggy Clark, and we're Unitarian Universalist Ministers broadcasting from Community Church of New York here in New York City. How are you, Sarah? Everything's Yes, it is around the corner. No question. We are we are right upon American Thanksgiving. Um, and I was I was saying to you that I this time of year for me always brings up a lot of stuff around the stories we tell, the mythology we hang on to, and what it looks like to both collectively and personally sort of face the truth behind the stories that we make up over time, right? Um, so here in this country, right, we celebrate Thanksgiving and we, every year we get out our turkeys and families gather. It'll be a little different this year because of COVID. Don't go gathering with your families. Um, but that's, you know, that's our tradition, right? We all gather around a table and we eat this feast and we, we celebrate this idea of the pilgrims and the indigenous peoples, like having this beautiful day together and, and eating all this food and, and, you know, um, and every year we do this. And the story that I was told, right, I remember being a kid and I remember even being, um, I did like a teaching internship in Texas when I first got out of college. And there was a huge Thanksgiving feast at this private school in Texas. And all the kids had on their like headbands or their pilgrim hats or whatever. And it was like uh, this, the retelling, the retelling of the myth of like this sort of beautiful, wonderful, like the native people welcomed the pilgrims to the land and the pilgrims shared their food. And like, it's just not the real story, right? Right, well, we, we all, I mean, I remember as a kid learning how to make three-pointed hats, yeah. right? I mean, so it was all about um, this like reclaiming of New England culture of, pre-colonial and this idyllic you know everyone was happy and there was so much food and we were you know we had all these great people around us we had each other and there were this sort of vague Native American with no specific you know <laughs> they were just like there was no tribe no nation no language they were just there and we were all joyfully getting along together yeah. yeah, in some way it makes all of us disappear, right? <laughs> because yeah. there was nothing. And that story was so much part of this time of year. I mean, everything as a kid, it wasn't, it was a little bit about food, right? About like Thanksgiving, but so much was about the story. I mean, in school, we were just indoctrinated into yeah. this, this myth. Well, and I, I mean, I remember that the, the sort of the shades of the story were that like the pilgrims were offering their largesse to the people who, you know what I mean? Like they invited the indigenous peoples to the feast, right? As opposed to, so I, rem, I, I don't remember exactly when, but somewhere along the line, right? We learned a different story, um, right? And that's the one that is about genocide and is about, you know, the, the the pilgrims wouldn't have survived if the indigenous peoples hadn't shared knowledge with them about planting and, and that their sort of welcoming into their harvest that year was entirely only possible because the indigenous people had 
in spite of everything, welcomed these folks into the knowledge of the land that they had, right? Um, and I, I know that for me, and I'm curious about your take on this, that like every year when I preach about this, I will sort of say, you know, if, if, on, in 1621, for like one day, there was this sort of shining moment of what could, but like could be possible, right? And we have now for, gosh, nearly four centuries, next year will be the 400th, right? Um, for nearly four centuries, we have like lifted it up as if that's what it was, the like the whole story, right? Um, and so I'll say to people like, yes, it's okay to honor and celebrate this one moment that was so, that did sort of show a different way that things could be. But then I'll say, but you can't forget everything that came before and you can't forget everything that came after, right? So I'm curious about how you, like if you talk about it this way with your folks or how this comes out in your congregation. Well, you know, because that story, this like big harvest feast story was actually created at the end of the 19th century after Thanksgiving had been established actually several times in history. So I try to divorce Thanksgiving holiday from that story altogether because I think it's an unholy union. It, they weren't they weren't intentionally together, right? So first, um, George Washington was I guess was uh, 1789, right? The first Continental Congress and the Congress said to President George Washington, "We need a day of Thanksgiving because gee, isn't this cool?" And then there was sort of a series of Thanksgivings, which were like public days of gratitude and prayer. It wasn't until the end of the 19th century, or like not not the end, but like later in the 19th century, that there was this sense of um, wanting to erase Native Americans after the whole, you know, trying to relocate them and the Trail of Tears and everything was so awful. And so to recreate a story so that people felt better about what was happening um, and also to reclaim for white Protestants to reclaim their their place in American history as all the immigrants were showing up. So this myth was created so much later and then was like planted on top of our history and attached to the holiday. So actually when I preach it, I'm usually like, you know, never mind. <laughs> Never mind the story because that isn't what this holiday is supposed to be. Let's let's take that apart and talk about gratitude. So that's I tend to do more of a like, what are we grateful for today thing. Yeah, it's interesting though because like I totally hear you right that the that the sort of the the development of the myth had its own context in place right. Like it makes me think of scripture writing too right. Like that. <laughs> all these sort of stories that we orient ourselves around, they all came out of a particular historical context. Right. And yet there was, I mean, there really was in 1621, a successful harvest and people from the Wampanoag tribe came and, you know, it wasn't, it might not have been the like perfectly joyful, like let's meet in the middle and share everything, right? But there were representatives from the, the indigenous peoples in the area who came for this three day harvest festival thing, right? Again, like, probably looked wildly different than what we have always seen in like picture books and what we were, you know, coloring pages we did as children. Um, but it, but it did exist as a moment. The thing that we point to and say the original Thanksgiving feast, right. Was a thing. Um, 
But this is what's so fascinating to me about it, right? And it's and it's because if we don't just do it collectively about Thanksgiving, we do it in our personal lives, we do it about politics, we do it about all sorts of things, is the way that we take a thing from the past and we create a story around it or a mythology around it. We use it as a tool, right? Like what you're describing with immigration and everything, we're using it as a tool for other purposes. And then what does it look like? What is the imperative to go back and uncover what was true or real or not? And, and what, is the, what is our responsibility to tell a new story? How do we do that without um, you know, sort of dismantling and shattering people's lives? Right. Like that's it's it's for me, this question of like how we tell stories and, and how we uncover truth is actually maybe in this moment of election madness also really important. Right. Like how we tell true stories versus how we build up wild mythologies. Um, it just is very interesting to me. Well, and the mythologies really define us. I mean, you know, I always say that mythology is really about truth, not about fact. So the facts, the facts don't really matter. The problem comes from when we can't tell the difference between a myth and, and a factual story, right? So, so things like the story you're talking about, right? So in 1621 and this myth, so the myth serves us in some way, as long as we understand that it's a myth and that we don't, we don't commit ourselves to the facts of the story. We have to know that that mythology is critical. It's it's part of the human psyche. We have absolutely proven over all of the years that humans have been in existence that we require mythology. It it grounds us. It puts our lives in context. It connects us with each other and with something larger than ourselves. But we have to know that it's a myth. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, as we're talking about this, I hadn't thought about it, but Joseph Campbell, right, and all of his work on mythology, like listeners, if you haven't ever, you know, read or watched, there's a great series. I feel like it's an old PBS series of interviews with him, maybe. Um, we can maybe we can put a link in the show notes or something, but it's a great um his exploration of myth and the human commitment to mythologies is really and and storytelling, right? Um so what I think is interesting as as we're talking is that like as I reflect on it, I guess what I do with my congregation at least is I try to, rather than dissociate the myth entirely, I guess what I've been trying to do, and I'm now I'm wondering like, is it successful or is it the right choice, is recommit to the only things we know as fact and create a new mythology, right? In other words, like to sort of say, okay, so underneath the mythology that we know as Thanksgiving is a factual event. But if we're honest about what that event was, we can create a different mythology or we can create a different story and a different understanding. And it does, our producer Amy sort of commented to us that this thread echoes that question of sort of America never having, we talked about the Langston Hughes, America not being America. And that's kind of how I come at Thanksgiving is like, here was this three day thing that was like, this is what it could have been. And then we all, well, not we all, and then the white people screwed it up, right? Like th there was this moment of like, and so for me, I, I think that what I do is I take that factual thing and I say, it's important to remember that factual moment and take away all of the accrual of fluff and lies and whatever that's come attached to it over the years and to recommit to the possibility inherent in that historical moment, right? Um, and along with that, right, comes the gratitude and acknowledgement that the pilgrims would not have survived, right? 
that they they barely made it and they only made it because of the indigenous people, right? So I don't know, I'm not sure it's the right answer, right? But I realize that's what I've been doing is trying to sort of, without letting go of what I see as a, as a potentially ripe historical moment, recraft a narrative around it so that, so that my people and myself, to be honest, can like, cause I love Thanksgiving. It was like my favorite holiday growing up. It was like the whole family would get together, like, you know, dozens and dozens of people. And I just, so for me, finding a way to hold that holiday without feeling like it's a total lie and has to be totally excised from American experience, right? feels important. I agree. I, and I, I hear people saying that they won't celebrate it. They don't, and that may be part of my um, wanting to reclaim the history and to say, this isn't even the story. This isn't even what Thanksgiving is about. And it never was, and it wasn't the intention. And, you know, until much later, my point of that is to say, you don't have to just let it go. Because, you know, people who are sort of into this, like, thanks grieving, or I don't recognize this holiday, I, I feel like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater on this one. Right? You, you don't like the myth that was created around it. Doesn't mean that, you know, one Thursday a year, we don't get together with family and eat a good meal and, you know. Offer gratitude. Right. <laughs> Talk about what yeah, we're you know, it's, it's interesting because it's making me think about um, sort of integration of not like racial integration, but sort of integration of wholeness of self, right? And integration of, of trauma and experience and how we, because again, this question of narrative and story and mythology operates in our individual lives as well, right? So in a way, I think you and I are both attempting to offer people a way to integrate sort of the truth of what's a pretty horrifying history, right? Of invasion and genocide, how to integrate that truth without, as you say, sort of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that we have to, do, we learn to do that also in our own lives, right? Like, how do I tell the truth about my childhood without having to sort of dissociate it from, enti from it entirely and taking what was good, but also acknowledging what was bad, right? Like that there are these ways that we do these sort of narrative moves, reclaiming of truths, retellings and that ultimately the point is to be able to move forward with a certain kind of like wholeness and honesty right like integrated with with our own history and I'll go out on a limb and say that actually part of America at large's problem is that as a as a culture and as a society we haven't done integration of our own misdeeds and our own history very well right like I think it's it's part of what went wrong with when we ended slavery and we didn't sort of do the right things to try to actually make equality and justice real. And we didn't own what was horrifying and terrible about it, right? Like that we have not done the work of collective sort of social integration, so to speak. Um, I don't know. It's like the, the truth and reconciliation panels. Right. Like you can't move on until you've really reconciled what has happened and what you did and and why. And then and then you can, you know, move into something else. And it's true, what we do as a country is we we whitewash. We just sort of keep going, you know, like we don't talk about it, we don't and we think it's gonna be fine. Like the next generation won't even know. They won't even remember, it'll be fine. 
And we've been building that up. And with it, so we're building up all this resentment from all of the people who could really use a truth and reconciliation moment, right? Where to say like, yes, this is really what happened. Yeah. But it's so uncomfortable. And yet, were we to do that, we could create a new narrative that would be incredibly powerful. I mean, the the story of Thanksgiving could be transformative for the whole country if we would just accept this reality, face into it, go to those people we've hurt, move toward real reconciliation, not just, I'm sorry, but like, what does it look like to really find balance after we have committed the kinds of crimes that we have? What what is the, and then change it. And then imagine, I mean, that would take time, real time, maybe a generation, but the Thanksgiving that could come out after that, right? I mean, the kinds of celebrations that aren't limited to the two hours sitting with your family and eating a turkey, but that are, you know, a national existence grounded in in real real peace and, and justice making. You know, I, I I have a couple of things, right? So one is that I I am smiling because I feel like we always come back to this place where you and I are like, we need a radical overhaul of society. <laughs> we do. I, totally, I'm totally. Like, you and I are both on board with this, right? That's like fundamentally what we're saying is like that that sort of the way of being in America is like not working, right? Like it is not working for any of us, right? Even those of us who materially benefit and are and are privileged in many ways, it is a soul crushing system, right? It is a spiritually depriving system. Um, but I, but I, what I, what I want to bring us back to too, though, is so like, it's one thing for me, I get up in front of my, you know, progressive congregation and I'm like, Thanksgiving, the truth, da, da, da. And they're like, okay, great. We can get behind that. But, you know, I have relatives who are not so behind that, right? And don't don't want to hear me going on about Columbus Day. Don't want to hear me going on about Thanksgiving, right? And so this question of sort of like, okay, great, we need a total overhaul of American society. How do we how do we do that? How do we even begin as individuals in our own families, in our own friend circles, when there are folks who who maybe really genuinely can't psychologically do that work of integration, right? Can't hold those truths together with some vision, right? Like how do we, that I think for a lot of people on the ground is sort of the, that's the sticking point. Like that's the question is how do we even begin such a revolution when we we have such a hard time um, explaining to each other or, or getting each other there, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about Northern Ireland when um, the war was still happening and there were a lot of people saying, how do we even begin? How do we even get to a place? I mean, it seems really insurmountable. There is no way. Um, and there was this little peace community called Corimilia way at the top of Northern Ireland, right on the water, in Sea Scotland. And I mean, it wasn't that many people. It was like a really small community, but it was, it was um, Irish and English and and they just sort of moved in together and just you know and said how do we do it and they started bringing in people who had been victims of war crimes and and just bringing them together and talking to each other and like just like a person at a time 
building out a new society. And I, I think that's what we need to do. We've got a lot of activists right now, which I think is really fabulous and absolutely necessary given everything happening. But I wonder a little if we have peace communities. Do we have people who are just working on living well together, who are, who are trying to retell the story and rebuild our mythology around a narrative that is more true and around a lived experience that reflects a new reality. I mean, I think that some of what has to happen, for me, I feel like I keep wanting something big. Okay. And I don't know that something big is necessarily going to happen. And I say that because now would be the time it would, it would happen because we're in such crisis. And if it's not going to have, if it doesn't break open in the next 12 months, then then it's not going to, not that way. And we're gonna need these smaller communities of people who are just shifting the way that we live. So I'm, I currently am participating in this, like it's ending up being nine, more than nine weeks, but it's with some colleagues and, and um, a colleague of ours, Ian. And one of the things that he talks about, it's a, it's a um, sort of a sharing circle and a, and a sort of spiritual growth circle, right? And one of the things that he talks about, and like us and many other UU ministers, right, socially justice, social justice inclined, like wants to see, wants the world to change. Um, and where he sort of has come to, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this, where he's sort of come to is where he can have an, an impact, right, is on small circles of change. And that if he can grow small circles of change, small circles of change, small, and those grow small circles of change, and those grow, and that it's sort of a model, right, of like, not of wild revolution, but of, you know, if you can change five hearts and minds, and those people can change five, and those people can change five, right? So I suppose in a way, what we're saying is that like, for all of us who struggle in our own families or in our own circles to tell truths and meet with resistance about those kinds of truths or with you know, retelling the story, that that part of it is that's your sphere of influence. That's where you're gonna try to stay at the table with people and not not give up even if they get frustrated. That's where you're gonna try to, you know, be gentle in your telling of the truth and and help them and listen to their fears and listen and try to try to help them get past or beyond what's the block is, right? And you're gonna do the best you can. And and that like at the end of the day, if you can shift a few people in your sphere and they can go out and shift a few in theirs, then there might actually be real potential for a new mythology to be born. Hmm. Well, that's our task, isn't it? We yeah. have our work cut out for us. <laughs> yes. So I would say, I mean, I, you know, if there were like a plan of action out from today, I would say that, you know, for any of our listeners who are so inclined before your Thanksgiving day, like remind yourself of what's fact and what's myth, right? Like do a little Google search, remind yourself of the fact and the myth. And, and even though it might be hard, make sure that on the day when you're gathering over Zoom or wherever, that somewhere someone speaks some truth about the actual story, right? Take a moment to honor the history of the, you know, invasion and genocide. Take a moment to honor that moment that was actually good, whatever it is, but figure out a way to tell some truths about Thanksgiving on your Thanksgiving this year. Well, and, and the hope is, is that we all start doing that. that we all gently start to shift us slowly, carefully, 
not just the people who are in your echo chamber, but people in your family who really are not in your echo chamber. Just my hope is that we get serious about moving us all ever so slowly in that direction. Yeah. And go listen to Joseph Campbell. <laughs> Learn about humans and power of men. It's important. We should do a whole episode on mythology. Yeah, we really should. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the future. Maybe we'll do a little Joseph Campbell mythology episode. Um, but yeah, we'll it's, tell the truth this Thanksgiving. Peggy, you and me. <laughs> it's good talking to you, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. You. I'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye.